the diamond I realized the diamond that I had to be The Empathy Museum presents A Mile in My Shoes. These are ballet pumps, size seven, with a lovely peep toe and a pretty beige bow made of nylon on the front, on the toes. The inside is gold, I'd say, gold lining. And the outside of the shoe is a snakeskin or a crocodile skin style leather with a very, very flat ballet pump sole. These shoes belong to Teresa Marinka. This is her story. My name is Teresa and I'm 81 and a half. <laughs> God almighty. Do you want to hear my little story? When I first went to Greece, I went on my honeymoon in 1952 and I was 18. My husband was much older than me. He was 34. I was a horrible, rebellious teenager and I had great drippy eyelashes and I had this wild, wild, dark hair. And all these oldies dressed me up in these ghastly clothes. They wanted me to be tamed. I mean, I mean, I'd learnt to be grown up when I was 15, but I was still very naive about everything. We travelled over land to Brindisi, southern Italy, to catch the ferry to Piraeus. Booked into our hotel, gave our passports in to the hotel manager and whatever, and um, sat down to have a drink. But before I could even have a sip of my drink, I had two policemen either side of me who got me up from the table and frog-marched me through the streets of Brindisi to the police station. Terrified, my darling husband did not come with me. This wonderful man I'd just married, he, he stayed in the hotel drinking. So I was frog-marched to the police station and I had no idea why, what on earth was happening. I was interrogated for six hours. I couldn't speak any Italian. I gathered they wanted to know my maternal grandmother's maiden name, and I didn't know it. I've never known what it was. I don't know it now, today, what it was. And they got really cross with me. They tore up bits of paper and they started again and again in Terry. And it was only then that I realised, of course, my maiden name, which was Ardizoni, was the same name as the head of the Mafia, who was Simon Ardizoni in Sicily. The hotelier must have seen my passport and seen my maiden name on it, so-called the police. And so they obviously thought I was connected. And I thought I was finished. I thought that was it. I wrote a postcard to my mother, or a letter to my mother on a bit of paper, saying, you'll never, ever see me again. I'm locked up in prison in Brindisi because of your bloody name, or my bloody name. 
anyway, after six hours, they let me out. And um, somehow I found my way back to the hotel where my vile husband was totally inebriated, sitting there with some friend, man he'd picked up on the way. He wasn't even pleased I'd got back. He didn't wonder where I'd been or anything. Anyway, apparently this wasn't a very nice hotel we were staying in, and this new friend of his said he's got a much, much nicer place for us to go. So, yet again, I had to go through the streets of Brindisi, those cobblestones. I don't ever want to go to that town, even now, ever again. And we got to our new destination. And it was a brothel. Went up sleazy corridors, awful noises going on. And I said, what, what's happening here? What the hell is happening? Terrible, terrible screams and noises, which I didn't know what they were. Anyway, we got into this room. Luckily, it did have a lock on the door. And then my husband decided he needed another drink. So off he went. And meantime, people were knocking on my door. Um, I was frightened. Actually, I was, I was beginning to be really scared of who this man was I'd married. And, you know, in this strange country where I couldn't speak a word of the language, although I had an Italian name, I just... It was horrid. He came back paralytic again and slept. Then the next morning was boat time to Paris. I mean, the boat went about midday and we were packing up and my husband said, we need to fill up some empty bottles with wine to take onto the boat. So he said, I'll go and get them from the bar, which I know up the road. And off he went and he didn't come back and he didn't come back and it, it was getting later. And later, I thought, oh, my God, we're going to miss this boat. So I got to lug the luggage on my own, which I did. And I found him propping up the bar. And the barman was really sweet to me. He realised what an awful predicament I was in. I think he actually helped me carry the luggage down to the boat. But before we left the bar, he said, would you do something for me? My great friend Christos is on the boiler room of the boat. Could you take me a little parcel? I said, of course, because he was so sweet. I said, of course I'll take him a parcel. So I had this brown paper parcel, which is about a foot long. It was a bit odd, a bit heavy, a bit peculiar. And we got to the boat, waiting, queuing up to go through the customs. While I was waiting, I thought I'd just have a peep and see what was in this parcel. And I undid a little bit of heap of brown paper one corner and it was gold. And I did another little bit and lots and lots of little gold bars. And I thought, oh my God, I've got to go through customs. And I thought, you know, with my name. And I started to shake. I thought, this, now I shall be in prison for life. Really for life. But somehow... Well, the grace of God, I sailed through customs, got onto the boat, got him safely into the cabin, and um, then, of course, had to go and find Christos in the boiler room. And, you know, I was rather a sort of 
sweet, smart, little, naive little girl, rather sort of dressed up and asked directions, and people looked at me rather askance, going into the boiler room. And went down really, really grubby, sleazy stairs. Horrible stairs, and got dirtier and darker, and then suddenly there was this naked from the waist up, dirty, grimy man, Crystal. And I said, I have a, a package for you from the barman. And he was expecting it, and he was quite surly and awful. And he took it, still snatched it from me. And then, slightly reluctantly, he gave me, for my troubles, a packet of 15 flat Turkish cigarettes. And I didn't smoke. And I thought, oh, well, I've done it and I'm safe. And he downstairs is fast asleep. And actually, drunken husband slept for most of the whole of the journey. He'd had quite enough to last him for two or three days. And I then had a lovely, lovely time. Beautiful boat with music playing, a great boat. It was wonderful, wonderful boat. On deck, watching wonderful things. And I talked to people. And then the wonderful, wonderful journey through the Corinthian Canal, which was turquoise, the palest, most beautiful turquoise. And the boat only just got through. was completely stunning. And I could just remember the colours and the sounds and the smell. Um, it was beautiful, beautiful. And landed in Greece. And needless to say, the marriage didn't last for very long. It was pretty bloody disastrous. After nine years, I divorced him, which was very hard to get in those days. And my barrister was hopeless, and he had holes in his socks. I'd only seen him the day before. Or no, I'd had my little brief with him that morning, and he was completely hopeless. So I got up and I said, um, could I possibly speak? because you're not meant to speak in court. And the judge said yes, so I told him my story and I got the divorce. It was, it was wonderful. And that was my first trip to Greece. Teresa's story was produced by Rose de Larabaiti. Her shoes are part of a growing collection of footwear hosted by the Empathy Museum's A Mile in My Shoes exhibition. The shoes and stories come from all over the world. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram to find out where we are going next.